I am Jeff Luther and the host of your new favorite podcast, the Inspector Alliance. This is where we'll peel back the curtain and get behind successful service industry businesses to see just what makes them tick. We're going to focus around the home inspection business. That's what I've built. I've owned it for a little over 20 years now. But we'll also include other service businesses that might parallel ours so we can learn more. But the more we know, the better off we are, right? All right. We are back with another episode of the Inspector Alliance. Um, something I want to talk about today that's uh, always intriguing for me is the incentivizing employees piece of a business. I, I, really, I really enjoy the part of my job of helping align the goals of employees with the goals of the company and seeing if you can find a mesh there or a fit, helping people grow, um, helping people find what, what their incentives are, help, helping people find their interests. Um, so this piece of the, the home inspection business in particular is always fascinating to me. It's um, <clears throat> how to incentivize folks, how to incentivize folks to, to be better, do better, give more, be more. Um, and what we can do as business owners or as managers or as directors um, to help folks find that why, find that incentive, find that motivation, find what motivates them. Um, and then also being creative in our own right, right? Um, <clears throat> so for us, this is about specifically paying inspectors extra or giving an extra incentive for your service folks that are out in the field when they're requested, because we're always wanting to establish that relationship with our clients, our referral sources, et cetera. Um, and then when they request a specific inspector or a specific technician, then we know they've made that, that, that bond, they've established that relationship and there's trust that's already established as well. Even if they've never worked with that inspector or that technician before, there's already trust established. It makes business much easier. Um, <clears throat> so we're always trying to find ways to incentivize our employees, whether that's uh, incentivizing them to pick up extra shifts, pick up extra days, pick up extra hours. Um, to add extra services, to add ancillary services onto an existing work order or working off hours, maybe agreeing to work a later shift or an earlier shift, or maybe working on weekends when that's not normal routine to incentivize them to do those things. Maybe even working on holidays or around holidays, um, but incentivizing them and trying to find ways to add to add value or even perceived value to um, get them to, to behave in a certain way. And I know that sounds a, a little terse, um, but that's the goal, right? Um, for us with our organization, we have some of, if not the best inspectors truly in the business. The difference is they're not owners and that behavior is different. There, truth be told, from a, I, I started this company. I started this company twenty years ago. I was the over twenty years ago. I was the OG. Um, I was the original inspector. I was the only inspector that we had. I started it. I trained it. Trained uh, trained our inspectors. I trained the service or I trained the product. Um, 
I trained our first trainer to train our inspectors. So everything comes really from me, from my experience. And I will tell you hands down that our inspectors are better at doing home inspections that, than I am for sure. Um, but those of you that own a service business and particularly those in the home inspection business, you know that that's only a small piece, not, not a small, that's only a piece of the puzzle. It's probably 75% of the, of the puzzle, right? Um, what else is there? You know, there's the, the customer service piece. There's the establishing rapport piece. There's the follow-up piece. There's the, the answering questions piece, the being diplomatic piece, the, um, showing empathy, concern piece. This all sounds simple, but it's actually an investment from the time, from the perspective of the inspector. You know, when they're there doing an inspection on the house, they're investing their time to do a really great inspection. Everything else is extra time, extra effort, extra energy. So to establish that same experience from the perspective of a business owner is almost impossible to do and is a really, really big ask. Um, <clears throat> but there are all sorts of added things that I always did as a, as a business owner that you almost expect people to do kind of as commonplace, like writing thank you notes. You know, that was something I did all the time. Um, almost every inspection would get a, would get a thank you note, but then you're asking inspectors to do that. Yeah, they do a better inspection than I do, but those other pieces kind of add to that as well. And how do you incentivize them? How do you get them to want to do those things? Going the extra mile, thinking about going outside of our standard operating procedure. If, if they're there doing an inspection on a house and, uh, the washing machine and the dryer are specifically excluded from our standards of practice from the, the ASHI perspective. And you know that folks are really concerned about the washer and dryer. Is the inspector going to going to think to turn those on or run those? Um, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. And then, you know, that's, that's a whole different area that we'll get into in, in an episode down the road. Um, but how do you incentivize that thinking outside the box, going outside of that typical paradigm? Um, <clears throat> We want to build relationships in our business. We want to, to build that rapport, we build that, that trust. For us, the real estate agent is a, a big referral source for us. We want the real estate agent to have faith in our service, faith that we're doing a great job first and foremost, right? That we're doing a really great inspection and also faith that their, their clients won't be unhappy down the road with our service. Did we, did we do the inspection we said we were going to? Did we identify everything we needed to? Did we give a very clear picture of the condition of the home while we were there that the client can use to go forward and making their purchase decision? Um, <clears throat> and they also need to know that we're keeping things in context. Is it really that big of a deal that that window won't open? Sometimes as inspectors, we like to point all these things out and make it a really big deal for for us, for our own significance, to make it look like we're, we're pointing out all these really big things. But agents want to know that we're keeping a, a balance in what we report, how we report it, how we convey those reportings to, to the client, and then also that we're meticulous and, and very thorough in what we're doing. Um, <clears throat> and in any service business, reviews are a big part of that business, right? We want to incentivize our customers to write about that experience and hopefully it's a good one, but we want to establish that, that rapport 
we want to set up a really great experience that the client is willing to tell other folks about because a lot of times that's how business is built for us. How we get more referrals. Um, but the idea is to create an experience where they feel like they want to share it with others. And the only way to really create that wow experience is to kind of go beyond the expectations, going beyond normal. Um, <clears throat> we want to incentivize our folks to create that experience. And how you do that is all those things I mentioned earlier. You do that by the thank you notes. You do that by going outside the box. You do that by um, going the extra mile. You do that by stopping and chatting with the clients while they're there, asking them what questions they might have. Yeah, it may take you a little longer, but what are your concerns? What questions do you have? What can I answer for you today while I'm here? Um, then we kind of come up with ways to make it worth it to them. As business owners, we want to make it worth it to them to do all those things, to create that great experience. Getting to the point where we have requests is sort of the pinnacle of a service business when we're talking about the individual. So that's why we want the individual to work to establish those relationships. Um, that's ultimately what we want for our businesses. <clears throat> that's also what we want for our inspectors, right? It's like, it's like I would compare it to watching one of your kids play soccer, right? And uh, let's go young kids, like anywhere from five to eight or nine years old, so, you know, in that range. And you're watching them out on the field and the ball kind of goes by them. They kind of watch it. You know, the ball goes by them again. They kind of watch it. And they're looking around. You want them to want to go after the ball. You want them to want to dribble the ball down the field and shoot. You want them to want to. So you want it for them. And that's how I feel about our inspectors too. I, I know what kind of people they are. They're amazing. And I want things for them that they don't necessarily want for themselves. So I want them to want it, but I also want to want it for them. Um, I, I hope that doesn't sound as goofy hitting your ears as it sounds coming from my lips. Um, but I want to want it for them. I want them to want everything. Um, and the truth is we want them to want that too, right? We almost want it for them. I want them to want it. Um, so we try to find ways to incentivize them to achieve these things that we want. In my experience, this is this is specifically for uh, for business owners out there that are trying to incentivize behavior. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change behavior. We're not trying to get the kid to go for the soccer ball that one time to get us to quit yelling from the sidelines. We're trying to change that behavior and getting them to want to go for that, that soccer ball, right? Um, so this has been my experience. We're trying to change behavior. So let's say we're gonna talk specifically about requests in this instance, requests for inspectors. So in our business, folks will call, they'll book a home inspection and uh, we'll get all the details. And at that point, we'll ask them if there's anything specific that they're concerned about and several questions about the house. But there is an opportunity for the either the real estate agent, if they're booking it, or the client, if they're booking it, to ask for a specific inspector. So we'll talk about this scenario specifically. So let's say we have 20 inspectors, right? Round number. 10 of those inspectors um, have a desirable, desirable behavior that requires them to get a lot of requests, whether it's uh, they check in every 15 minutes, come back and circle back with the agent, whether it's 
they call every time they're done, whether it's they answer their cell phone on the weekends, if they're, if they're um, super jovial at the inspection, if they spend extra time answering questions, if they encourage questions, if they encourage walk through all, all of these things uh, is a behavior that enables them or encourages other folks to request them to get that inspection done. So it's a behavior pattern. So we have 10 of our inspectors. This, this is round numbers now that have this behavior. And what we want to do is incentivize. We find, want to find ways to incentivize the other 10 to replicate that behavior. And there's many ways to do this, right? We could say, okay, well, we have, we have these 10, um, and they get 50% of their inspections are requests. Then we have this other 10 and less than 10% of their inspections are requests. So we want to move them up to that 50%, 50 percentile mark. So we find ways to incentivize folks. Here's what we do. We may give extra days off. You get so many requests, you get an extra day off. We'll pay. All right. We'll pay five. We'll, we'll pay five extra dollars, 10 extra dollars, 20 extra dollars per inspection. If you get a request, um, we might bonus them at the end of a quarter, maybe even end of a year where, all right, we'll take all of your requests over the course of a quarter and we'll, and we'll bonus you. And when you do that, it's lump sum, right? So you're not seeing 15, $20 per paycheck. You're seeing lump sum on a quarter or annual basis. And it's a larger figure. So that might change behavior. Um, it might be just means of stature, office recognition, most requests this month or something, something to that effect. Um, it could be that we, that we have like a fun game or make it competitive. Um, we do something like that. It might be, um, having prizes in the office or maybe once a week, somebody doing a drawing, or maybe every time you get a request, your name's in a drawing. We're doing all of these things that we think would incentivize our folks to change behavior, right? What we very rarely do is business owners. What we rarely do is ask what would incentivize you? What would make you want to do X? What do you hold valuable? What are your values? Um, what do you want us to do? Are you even interested in getting more requests? Sometimes you ask that question and they're really not, you know, I'm really not. I don't thrive off requests. I just want to do a really great inspection every time. And all the other things kind of get in the way of that. So it's just a matter of asking, you know, really, what do you want? Um, so, so often we end up with a scenario that the five folks that had the behavior that we want to emulate now, they're just getting paid more for having that same behavior and doing the same thing they've been doing the whole time. And the five that we're trying to get to, or that we're trying to incentivize to have that behavior. Now they just keep doing the same thing and nothing changes. So really what you've done is increased your overhead, right? You're, you're paying those, uh, those 10, I said five, that you're paying those 10 inspectors more. Now you're just increasing your overhead because your, your cost has gone up. So you're paying them more. And then the other 10 that you're trying to get to emulate that behavior, nothing changes for them. They're not, they're not getting anything. Um, so nothing changes totally across the board. What I found is the folks that are doing, doing things that emulates doing the behavior that gets the request, they keep doing it. They're just getting paid more to do it. Um, 
and there's no punishment for, for doing what you've always done, right? That just doesn't seem reasonable. Um, so here's what I've kind of, kind of learned and what I, what I believe to be true and what I found in my own experience is it took us a while to get there, but I think I've talked about this in, in past episodes is you hire on your values, right? Uh, so you have these values that really you've come up with based on model employees in the company. Um, so you're hiring on your values. You're sticking to your values. That's the real base of where it all starts. Once you start hiring on your values, hiring and firing on your values, um, then that's the base of everything. That's kind of kind of where it all starts, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Um, and then we give opportunities for growth. We give opportunities for development. We provide a path. Uh, we provide good leadership. A good leader always wants to replace themselves, right? If you can't replace yourself in an organization, then how are you going to continue to move up? So a good leader is always looking for a way to replace themselves. Um, they're the example, right? They're the change. That leader is the change. The leader shows that behavior that we want other folks to model from. Um, you stick to your core principles. Incentives rarely work. We try to appeal to a whole group without thinking about each individual and what matters to them. We've all heard the saying, you can't be all things to all people. And if you're like me, you're probably guilty at some point in the past of trying to, to force that, that down to your organization. That top-down effect, you're trying to force that being all things to all people, well, not necessarily being all things to all people, but thinking there's a one-size-fits-all, one reward for all of your employees when folks just, when some folks just aren't motivated that way. Um, so if we if we say to our customers, well, hey, we can't be all things to all people, then why don't we think that about our, about our employees? They're way more important to the organization. Um, a better option may be just to put the process in place that promotes growth, promotes development of the individual. Um, and then more importantly, you set that process up and just trust the process. That's uh, that's a big, we say that often in our organization. We have a process for everything. We call it, um, our processes are documented and followed by all. So it's one thing to have the process. It's another thing to document it. But then when, once you get it followed by all, then everybody's rowing in the same direction. Everything's in sync, right? Um, so that is our uh, our kind of lesson for the day about incentivizing folks. We've been going through this lately in our organization, how to, how to get some people to have the same behavior that other people have. And I'll tell you, there's always a trade-off because you might have a really great inspector from a technical perspective that we're always trying to sharpen his skills on the customer service or the experience piece, and then vice versa. We may have we may have an inspector that uh, is the top requested inspector, but might not be the strongest technically when it comes down to doing in-house exercises and learning scenarios. They're just you know a different environment for them, and they might not be as quick a study on the books. Even inspectors that have taken the ASHI exam multiple times and haven't passed it. They, it was harder to get them up to speed um, as opposed to the inspectors that have really great technical ability. And uh, maybe sometimes they're, they, they have to work a little bit harder for the customer service or customer experience side. Um, 
way back when, when I, when I first started hiring inspectors, there was an article that I would give them came out of the journal of medicine and it was about, uh, malpractice suits. And the article was written from the perspective of a patient going in to see their general practitioner. They go in, see the general practitioner, and if, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, and I don't remember the exact story, what the exact ailment was, but you know, they had this thing in their shoulder, and it was it was bothering them, and the, the general practitioner would look, um, or the physician, I guess, would look and say, oh, you know, don't really see anything, don't look like that big deal, does this hurt, does this hurt, does this hurt, okay, we doesn't really fall on these guidelines. I think you're okay, but let's keep a check on it. And they go back the next year, you know, this thing in my shoulder and still bothering me a little bit. It hadn't really gotten worse, but it certainly hadn't gotten better. Okay. Well, you know, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Okay. It doesn't really follow any, any real guidelines. And, um, how's the family? Is it a, is it affecting your golf swing? Well, golly, if it's not affecting your golf swing, I'm not sure we're going to worry about it. Uh, kids doing okay. Really good to see you. And what is that physician doing? The general practitioner that are, they're building that relationship, right? So another year goes by, the patient comes to the doctor and says, man, this thing with my shoulder not only has not gotten better, but it's gotten significantly worse. And it seems like it gets progressively worse every couple of weeks, just getting worse and worse and at a very rapid pace. The doctor looks at it, well, yeah, you know, your shoulder is red, there's heat there, you got a little bit of a fever. Um, I think it's more down in this gland than it is your shoulder. Tell you what, I, I'm going to send you to a, to a specialist. So they go to the to the specialist, and says, you know, the the specialist is an oncologist. So they go to the oncologist, and the oncologist is very matter of fact. This is this is what you have. You, I can't believe you didn't come to me sooner. Um, this you have a growth in this gland here. It's, uh, the tumor in the gland is most likely cancerous, and and now that you've waited so long, you're going to blame me and, and it's not my fault. And you should have been here sooner. And there's just not, there's no relationship there. It's very cold, very callous, very calculated. Uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing the article, but this was the gist of it. And the article would go on to say that usually if uh, there's a, there's a issue that comes up by means of a lawsuit, generally that's going to be filed against the oncologist and not against the physician or the general practitioner. And the reason being is because they found that that relationship was built during that checkup period. They would go in, get their checkup, build the relationship. How's the family? How are the kids? How's life? All these things. Oh, don't worry about that. Then you go to the oncologist and they're going straight to the issue, right? There's no relationship built. There's no rapport. Um, so that was something that I used to used to give our inspectors when they were hired the importance of building that relationship. Not only are we trying to avoid lawsuits, but also to make sure that our client is having a really good experience with our service. Um, so that is our uh, that's our our piece for the week. Um, I hope that that's helpful to you. At least gives you food for thought. Uh, oftentimes, we're trying to incentivize folks with with incentives that they don't really care anything about. And sometimes we need to dig a little bit, a little bit deeper. And when all else fails, don't be afraid to ask. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think the last couple of episodes, I talked about someone sending me a note about how this applied to their personal life. Um, so a way that I could apply this to my personal life is, uh, with, with my kids. Um, I've got, as, as everybody knows, I've got three boys. Of course, my youngest Knox is my favorite and we all know that we don't have favorites. Um, but I got to where I was always trying to 
figure out things for them to do. What did they want to do? What did, what did I want them to do for the day? You know, during summer, it's kind of hard spring break. It's a little difficult. Um, but when all else fails, ask, ask them what they want to do, ask them what they expect. Um, so this all relates, it's a, a business podcast, but it relates to our personal life too. I hope it was helpful. Um, I have so much fun doing this. I'm glad you guys are here long for the journey and I hope to see you next time. And, uh, if you would just click that link below and follow along and we'll see you soon. <laughs>